Let your life be one who knows the shepherd. He refreshes my soul. So can anyone uh, use some quiet waters and refreshing green pastures in your life right now? And that's why God sent His Son Jesus to the cross who absorbed the pain, who covered the sin and now like takes your hand and escorts you straight up through, does the password on the chambers, goes right into the Father and says, Father, she or he is with me. Christ has not been raised, if this is just a funny trick and it's fake, then everything we're preaching, he says, is useless. And so is your faith. The truth is that Christ has been raised up. The first in a long legacy of those who will also be raised up again. Friends, Jesus has risen. Make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Love handles really are, are just one more reminder that we're imperfect people. Some of us are part of the next generation. Some of us may even be worried about the next generation. But I think we all care about the next generation. Because at some level, we know that it matters. Because guess what? In just a few years, we're going to be running the place. I know, scary, huh? Whenever God's people realize that God has done something truly epic in their midst, in their lives, in their families' lives, in their church's life, they gather stones, they make a memorial, they leave a legacy, they develop a plan, a, a concrete strategy for passing that epic event on to the next generation. you enter, every conversation you step into, every Facebook chat you become a part of, there's always a fire. Different kinds, different shapes and sizes, but there's this fire. And you've got two buckets, gas and water. You get to decide which bucket you pour on the fire. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is my Lord. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He is my Savior. Let's have a party. Let's do it.
Jesus had this heart for the lost. He had this incredible heart for the lonely, for the outsider, for the outcast, for the reject. He found those people. He sought them out. Jesus was always inviting. He was always including. He was reaching out and he was pulling people in. He was reaching across barriers of all kinds. what God is like. He's a good father. And he loves you unconditionally. Yes, you have trouble forgiving yourself. He does not. Yes, other people may have written you off. He has not. You may not have counted yourself worthy. And you don't know what to expect when you come before God and expose what you've done. But Jesus told this story so that we know on the front end there is no condemnation in his voice. You may have disqualified yourself from being his child, but he has not forgotten your true identity. That's what God is like. What if we did what the early church did, and that is got so filled with God and his spirit that we just lived boldly, if we loved boldly? If we were just bold in our prayers, if we were bold in the way we shaped our community, if we were bold in our faith. And if you want to follow Jesus, you're going to have to drop something. The something that's holding you back, that's tying you down to business as usual. Friends, don't doubt that Jesus can empower you. If He's called you, He will empower you to do exactly what He's calling you to do, and that is to follow Him and be like Him in every way you can.
God is not content for God's love to be a theological idea promoted by the prophets and the preachers. So if you're here today feeling like you are broken beyond what God could love and redeem and restore, then I want you to know something. God has something to prove through your life. God wants to prove in your life just how much He loves as He loves you and brings you back from the dead and redeems you and seats you in the heavenly realms next to Christ Jesus because God loves you. cool stuff yeah i love that man i tell you i love i love the day we get to watch that video i hope as you watch that maybe you remembered some of the things has it ever happened to you where like you watch a thing you're like oh wow that was the sermon where i made this commitment to do this and i didn't follow through if that happens to you that's okay you can just do it now that happens to me all the time so that'd be awesome listen if you're a guest with us today we are so glad you're here my name's ethan magnus i'm one of the pastors boy we're so glad you're here if you're thinking to yourself hey i missed all that stuff that's okay 2016 is going to be even better so just don't miss it this year because uh, there'll be another one of those in a year and we'll get to celebrate all over again because guys just doing amazing stuff here so glad you're here to be a part of it we've got a really cool day today i i'm personally excited about today um the stuff we're doing today is just right in the center of what god has been doing in my life and so i just can't be more just couldn't be more excited about uh, getting to share it with you and i think it could be a really important day for a lot of you but before i talk about today i want to look back and look forward with you real quick because last week was also pretty spectacular and it was really important for me and it occurs to me some of you were traveling i don't know what the point of that was but you might have missed it and it was amazing uh we did this what's in a word thing and you know new year's resolutions are great i have some don't ask me what they are they're totally cliche you could guess what they are whatever i've got mine you've got yours whatever but what we talked about last week was that new year's resolutions are about what we can accomplish but there's a twist on it we talked about last week that gets us to think about what god could do what God might want to do in our life. So if you missed that last week, stop by, grab a CD, go online, watch the video. Um, for me, at least, I felt like it set the trajectory of my year in a really important way, and I wouldn't want you to miss that opportunity. I also don't want you to miss next week. Next week, we kick off a new series. It's called God for the Rest of Us. It's based on a book that was written by this guy who's a friend of mine and a friend of a bunch of us on staff. It's a great book. The series is going to be one of those moments that we really feel like we're doing our very best to say to every person who thinks that church isn't for them and God isn't for them and Jesus is upset with them and there's no way they could really get on track that was wholesome and growing in relationship with God, we're going to say to those people, you're wrong, that God is for you, God is on your side, God is your ally in becoming the person God wants you to be and you want to be, it's going to be special. So if you've got people in your life, maybe it's friends, maybe it's family, maybe it's the guy who works across the hall from you, and you think they need a dose of God loves you and can make your life better than it is today if you'll only let him, you want to bring them for our next series. 
Okay, that's yet last week. That's what's coming next week. Let me tell you about this week. We did one word last week. Today we're going to do three words. Okay, now I know you're like, hey, it's just the second week of the year. I can't jump from one to three that fast. I know it's a stretch, but you'll, you'll be able to keep up. And it helps that all three words are really about one word. The one word they're about is about prayer. Uh, maybe you remember we kicked off last year with a real focus on prayer. and Prayer just stayed one of our themes throughout all of last year because we really think God is calling us as a church to become a deeper people of prayer. And I know certainly last, the, the front edge of my discipleship the last probably four years has been all about God teaching me how to pray. Like I never knew before is what it feels like. And God's been teaching me how to pray. And we did this password series, series to kick off the year last year, which I know for a lot of people kind of jump-started their prayer life. And we just felt like we wanted to take a week and kind of do that again, you know, just kind of jumpstart for us a life of intimacy with God. We talk about, we use this phrase here, it's the real you having a real encounter with the real God. That's all prayer is, and we think you want that. And so I'm going to give you three words. Uh, we're, 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 this is not complicated prayer. This isn't, uh, you know, this is boiling prayer down to its simple, simplest and its most concentrated form. Three words, three prayers that could really help your prayer life. Uh, I, I did some physical therapy last year, and uh, you know, I messed up my shoulder, and they said, you don't need surgery, but you need to go get some physical therapy. And I went there, and uh, she taught me these crazy simple exercises that I'm supposed to do with my shoulder. I'd show them to you, except you'd laugh at me, and that hurt my feelings. But anyways, uh, she taught me these crazy simple things. And so I was just in her office, not very long, and she's like, okay, move your shoulder like this, move your shoulder like this, and she would make me do it for her and make sure I was doing it right. And then as I was leaving, she said, now, you know, you know, what we did just here didn't do anything for your shoulder. But if you go home and you do what we just did, just that simple little stuff, you just do it twice a day, every day for the next two or three months, your shoulder is going to feel completely better. And sure enough, she was right. That's all I had to do was go home and do those simple things. Today's one of those days. We're going to practice some stuff. It's going to be a very practical time together. We're going to have a little encounter with God. We're going to train ourselves on just three words. But if you'll take these three words and let them become a part of the rhythm of your life, you will be amazed at the growing intimacy with God that you could experience through just three little words. All right, here they are. You ready? Now, these three words, they're help, thanks, and wow. These three words uh, were inspired to us by a book uh, by a lady named Anne Lamott. The book's called Help, Thanks, wow, the three essential prayers. Now, Anne Lamott's crazy. She's fantastic. Some of you may have read some of her books. Uh, I've read several of her books. Always very challenging, very inspiring. I always agree with about a third of what she says. That means I disagree with about two-thirds, okay? So everybody relax here, okay? Uh, but she's a sister in Christ who has taught a lot of us a lot, really inspired uh, thinking. And this book, uh, you know, you can read it or not, but if you just get this three, this little simple thing, that it could be that most of your prayer life could be boiled down and simplified into these three words. And if you got good at praying these three words, you might really grow in prayer in 2016. So word number one is help. Anne Lamott says this is the first great prayer any of us learn. And I think she's right, right? I mean, this is the prayer. I think everybody has prayed this one, right? The word in the which is, oh, dear God, please. Do something about You know the old joke, right? They say they're going to take prayer out of schools, but as long as there are tests, 
there will be prayer in schools. You know, dear God, do a miracle in my memory right now, dear God. God, I know I didn't study, but all things are possible through Christ who gives me strength. <laughs> so as long as there are tests, be, you know, that's the prayer of help. Right? It's just the simplest. It's just the prayer where we say, oh, God, I am in over my head. I am in trouble. Uh, one of the very first prayers from Scripture that I memorized was a prayer of help. I think that's why I memorized it, is that it gave words to my help prayer so powerfully. It was from Psalm 61. Uh, the prayer uh, goes like this. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I call out to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to a rock that is higher than I am. For you have been a shelter to me, a strong tower against mine enemies. I want to live in your tent forever. I want to be covered up by your mighty wings. I've had that memorized, I don't know, about 30 years. I love that prayer. It's just saying, oh God, help. I love that image. Lead me to a higher rock. I'm about to drown here. Let me stay in your strong tower. Cover me up with your powerful wings. I want to sleep in your tent, you know. I love that. It's a call for help. The Bible is full of prayers of help. Jesus prays for help. Paul prays for help. Peter prays for help. Silas, Joseph, Jacob, David, practically everybody who ever prays in the Bible eventually gets around to praying for help. Well, that just shows how real the Bible is, right? Because I think practically everybody who ever prayed ever eventually got around to pray. I know people who don't pray who pray for help, right? Uh, the, you know, I'm a preacher, so people always interact with me like I'm weird, because I probably am. But anyways, one of the things people say to preachers all the time is something like this. Listen, I don't even know if I believe in your God. But would you pray about this? Nobody says that when they're celebrating a promotion. Nobody says that when they are pausing the glory of the sunset. When they say that, you know whatever is about to follow is a prayer for for help. You know, I don't even know if you're up there, God, but if you are, could you please heal my mother, brother, sister, child? God, I don't even know if you're paying attention, but things are in trouble. I could lose my house, God. I'm not even sure. I don't even know what your name is. If you're a he or a she or a him or an it or a what. If there's something out there, God, I could use a little something here. Everybody prays. The prayer of help. What I love about this, I think Anne Lamott is right. It's everybody's first real prayer. And what's so good about that is it's the right first prayer. Because the prayer of help is the prayer that gets us in the right posture for prayer. God's Word says that God opposes the proud but lifts up the humble. It says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He 
will lift you up. So the help prayer, the simplest, most natural prayer, the one that just springs from our lips, springs out of our hearts even when we don't have words to say, it's the perfect way to get started in prayer. Now my physical therapist, she didn't just tell me about these exercises, we practiced them together. And I hope you'll let me do that with you. I hope you'll join me as we practice them together. We're going to just pause right there. We'll talk about thanks in a second. And we're going to pray. Because some of you came in here with a help prayer screaming out of your soul. And man, we need to say it. Well, we're going to do a thing if you'll let me. I brought this chair out because I want to join you. Uh, in my prayer life in the last few years, I've started to discover that um, posture makes a big difference to me. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but that's been true in my prayer life. And uh, so I'm going to sit down with you and I'm going to invite you to a posture, if you would. I've got to find my page here just for a second. Um, when I pray for help sometimes, I do this. You, you might want to join me. I kind of, I just find myself naturally moving to the front of my seat and kind of just place my hands like this, like somebody might be pouring water into them. If you've got young knees, uh, you might want to kneel. Many people find that's a good way to pray for help. If you can't figure out how to kneel in a chair like this, it's a little tricky, but here's a secret. You ready? Take one leg and just slide it under the chair and just fall down. Wasn't that smooth? See, I didn't trip or something. You could do that. So you could kneel. I mean, it's even like right now. We're going to do it right now. So if you want to kneel, I would just invite you to kneel just like this. And if you want to sit, I'll be sitting. You can pray with me. And um, we're going to practice this lesson that we're going to take home with us because I think God wants to get to know you. I believe that more truly than anything I know. God wants to get to know you and He wants to do it through prayer. And we get started by saying, help. So let's pray together. After a minute of prayer, and I'll guide you a little bit, I'll close out our prayer with a prayer of help from the Psalms in the Bible. Let's pray. Oh, Savior God, hear our cry for help. We seek help, God, for our family and friends. We seek help, God, for financial crises, our own and those of people around us. We seek help, God, for sickness and those who face death 
We seek help, God, for a thousand other needs, some of which we cannot even name. Yet your Spirit intercedes on our behalf. Hear our cry for help. Out of the depths, I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be listening to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept track of sins, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. In His Word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than the watchmen wait for the morning. I wait for the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love and full redemption. He Himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Amen. I don't know of a better way to get started having a real encounter with the real God but then to ask for help. And you do that. You meet God seeking help for long enough And God's Spirit begins to move you to our second word. God doesn't intend for you to stay stuck asking for help. God intends to begin to cultivate in you the word thanks. Even that prayer, that Psalm 61 prayer that I memorized as a boy years ago that I prayed for you, in that very prayer, the help and the thanks are all mixed up. It starts out, Hear my cry, O God, from the ends of the earth. Lead me to a rock. And then it says, For you have been a refuge for me. You have been a strong tower for my enemies. And and then the psalm, if you were to continue with Psalm 61, it just goes on like that. The help and the thanks get all mixed up. I, I read dozens and dozens of psalms and biblical prayers and last couple weeks in preparation for today. And that was a theme in so many of them. The help and the thanks just all jumbled up together. I think that's actually the posture God wants from us. God wants our help and our thanks to be all jumbled up together. But here's what's different. The prayer of help comes naturally. Everybody prays the prayer for help. But not thanks. Thanks has to be taught and learned. We see this in little kids, right? A little kid instinctually knows how to ask, but has to be taught how to say thank you. They need to learn both the attitude and the actions of thankfulness. And what we figured out with our kids is that first you teach the actions. And it's the attitude that follows, right? You make the kids say thank you even before they feel grateful and consequently that repeated action of thankfulness begins to cultivate the attitude of thankfulness with it. 
God must think the same thing is true about us because the Psalms are full of commands to give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord, so many of them begin. 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5 says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's pretty strong language, isn't it? I love that verse. You notice it has all our words in it. It has them out of order. It goes, wow, then help, then thanks. But apparently all three of these things are God's will for us. That's the way thanks works. It's not like help. Help comes naturally. Thanks is cultivated. I was talking to Ben about this topic, and he uh, was reminding me about the story of the ten lepers. Jesus heals these ten lepers, and um, one returns to say thank you to him. And Jesus is startled by this and remarks on this, and then says to that leper, Go, your faith has healed you. It's an interesting thing, though. Earlier in the story, when Jesus offers healing to the lepers, he uses a different word than he does at the end, where he says, your faith has healed you. At the beginning of the story, Jesus says, uh, he uses two words. He uses one that was very much restricted to the medical healing, and another that means cleansing, and was also used to mean ritual cleansing, uh, a purity ritual related to the temple. But at the end, he uses the word sozo, which can mean medical healing, and often does. But it's tricky. Because it's also the word that we translate salvation. It's also the word that means spiritual healing. It's the thing Jesus offers to sinners everywhere, even like me and you. I was just fascinated by that. All ten of the lepers were cured of their leprosy. They all got what they asked for when they cried out for help. But one who returned in gratitude was able to actually deepen his relationship with Christ and consequently increase the blessing that Christ was able to give him. And this is why we have to learn this second simple prayer. Thanks. It's not because God somehow needs our accolades or is going to be miffed if we don't write him a note. It's because when we return to God with thanksgiving, we open ourselves up to encountering God more deeply and consequently receiving from God more of what God has to give us. So that's the exercise. I suppose we better practice it. I know I need to practice it. Too often... I am one of the forgetful nine. I never forget to say help. Do you know what I mean? When you're really in trouble, you remember to ask God for help. I never forget to say help. But boy, do I forget to say thank you. So I don't know any other way but to make it a discipline. Sit down to say thank you whether I feel gratitude or not, and in that moment let God's Spirit give me the thankfulness that I need. So we'll do that together. If you'll join me again in posturing yourself for thankfulness, we'll pray together. And then I'll close with another psalm. Posture helps me when I want to be drawn into thankfulness. I sit different than I, when I want to ask for help.
here's how I sit. You don't have to do it if, if it seems too odd to you, but it helps me, so maybe you'd join me in it. I sit back when I'm saying thank you. My hands are still out, but now they are not the hands of one seeking. They're the hands of one who has received. Like a child who has a present placed in their lap at Christmas. These are different hands, still out. I usually pray with my head up when I'm saying thank you, though sometimes I look down at my hands to draw my attention to just what I have been given. So if it helps you, maybe you would sit in that posture with me and we would pray our thankfulness. Oh God, you give more than we noticed and we forgot to say thank you. So here we are, coming back a little later than we'd hoped. Hear our prayers of thanksgiving. God, draw our minds to all that you have given us. The blessings of friends and family, shelter and clothes, meaningful service, a miracle of your providence when we least expected it. We are forgetful people, God. Help us remember that we can say thank you. Shout for joy, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. We say help, we can hardly help ourselves. We say thanks as we cultivate the discipline of remembering what God has done for us and is already doing for us. And then every once in a while, every once in a while the clouds break and the light shines through and we see God's presence in our life so clearly that we have no choice but to say, wow. Wow is the word of praise. Wow is not the word of analysis. It is the word of glory. I think we get trained to never see the glory. We get trained. We've got to be too cool to say wow and don't let anything ever really startle you or surprise you. But God's word invites you to wow. I was thinking back to that video we began the service with so many of these things. 366 people gave their life to Christ through baptism last year. That makes me say, wow, I don't think we did that. 
I think God did that. I, I just think about uh, the, the, the little snippets from the sermons. How many of our sermons last year were just simple reminders that God has not counted our sins against us, but instead has redeemed us and offered us salvation? Wow! That's for me! <laughs> it's for you! I don't know what happened in your life or your family. Maybe you had an opportunity to just say, wow, or maybe when all seemed lost, God brought hope and you just said, wow, as a church, I just feel like this has been a year of wows. The stories I could tell, I talked to a young man about to be baptized being, having been freed from an addiction to drugs, now giving his life to Christ, and the only thing he could tell me about was all the friends that he wanted to bring to Mountain so they too could experience that freedom. Wow! Oh, I've got... I, I just... You know, Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. I just I believe that, but so must God's people, because we have seen it. You know, they say to be physically healthy, you got to get your heart rate up every once in a while. You've heard this, right? I think the same thing is true to be spiritually healthy. Every once in a while, you've got to let yourself just say, "Wow." I hope you join me in doing that right now. I have a posture for wow, too. You won't be surprised. If you'll do it with me, I stand up for wow. Could you stand with me? I'd love for you to do that. In fact, we're going to wow our way right into song, if you'll let me. We're going to pray our own wows, and then we've got a wow from Scripture that is just wow. And then we're going to wow our way right into worshiping together because it turns out... That having said help, our God responds and we say thanks. And then every once in a while the clouds peel back and we see the big picture of God's glory and his redemption. And God's people just need to say, wow. This might be too far, but I even raised my hands. And if you want to do that, you could do that with me. Let's pray right now together. God, we get to say, wow. Because you have done marvelous and amazing things among us in this church and in our lives. And so we say, wow. Oh God, do not make us blind to the light that has pierced through the clouds. Do not make us deaf to the sound of angels singing as people are saved and lives are transformed for this has been a year of wow because you are a God who... Wow! God, I'm glad I can borrow words. And I'm glad you gave these words to us. Let us pray together. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light like its clothes. He stretches out the heavens like a tent. He has set the earth on foundations. It can never be moved. He makes the springs pour forth into the ravines. 
flowing down the mountains, giving water to all the beasts of the field. He makes grass grow for the cattle, plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food on the earth, wine that gladdens the human heart, oil to make their faces shine, bread that sustains their life. The trees of the Lord are well watered. The cedars of Lebanon that he has planted, the birds make their nests, the mountains covered in goats, the moon marks the seasons, and the sun knows when to rest. All creatures look to you, God. You give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord and all the Lord's people rejoice in His works. I will sing all my life. I will sing praise to my God for as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to Him. May I rejoice in the Lord. May sin vanish from the earth and wickedness be no more. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord.